Hi, and welcome to the Hip Health is Pow Her podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Anna Esperham. I'm an MD, nationally recognized physician with triple board certifications in integrative functional medicine, pediatrics, and medical acupuncture with special pain training and clinical hypnosis and aromatherapy certifications, and we have a team of healthcare professionals that provide real and evidence-based information to support women on their health and wellness path, and our goal is to empower you to awaken your best self, connect with the true you, heal and recover from health issues, symptoms, chronic pain, illness, life stressors, all while feeling your healthiest, full of vitality and stamina to do what you love. And now I'm obligated to tell you our disclaimer that Anna Esperham, MD, is a medical doctor, but she is not your doctor and she is not offering medical advice on this podcast. So if you are in need of professional advice or medical care, you must seek out the services of your own doctor or healthcare professional. As this podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, medical, or psychological services or advice, and none of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any mental or medical condition, as you are responsible for your own physical, mental, and emotional well being decisions, choices, actions, and results. Health is Power LLC disclaims any liability for your reliance on any opinions or advice contained in this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Health is Power podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anna, and I have a very special guest. She's actually one of my best friends who I've worked with for the last several years. She's Freda Dreer, and she is the president of the American Academy of Medical Acupuncture, soon to be immediate past president after April. And uh, we met at the American Academy of Medical Acupuncture, and I think during my medical acupuncture training, because she is a preceptor and one of the leaders at the Helms Medical. Um, Medical acupuncture school that I went to learn my acupuncture training. And so I wanted to have her on the show because she's just extremely wise. Um, she has supported me throughout my career, throughout a lot of um, situations in our career and in our personal lives. And she just has so much wisdom to offer um, you guys, the listeners. And we're going to talk about um, goals today, kind of a little bit of segue from our um, January New Year's goals that we had. And she is really going to go into what happened happens when our goals get interrupted. So Freda is a PMNR physician. So that's a physical medicine and rehab physician and a medical acupuncturist. And so Freda, do you just want to introduce yourself? Hi, thank you, Anna. Um, indeed, it was one of the best things about being an acupuncture teacher to get to meet you as a student. Uh, just has launched a wonderful friendship. And uh, that friendship plays very much into how well we succeeded our goals because Anna, you've been there for me through some through some tough times and you've helped me see the other side. So that kind of, uh, it inspired the topic for today. So thank you for the introduction. And Freda, honestly, um, you are just the epitome of what we're talking about today because um, if you don't know, Freda is like, you know, the Renaissance woman, and she's going to talk about her journey um, and how her goals got interrupted in addition to kind of outlining what it looks like for you to achieve your desires, your goals, the feelings that you want day to day. And so I just really appreciate her in this podcast episode today because she just has so much to bring to the table. And so I'm so happy. And I'm also happy because she's got her macaw here. With 
with us, Manu. So you're going <laughs> to listen to Manu talk here and there, which is amazing. I love it. On all our Zoom meetings that we have during our board meetings, Manu is usually there. So it's always fun. <laughs> Somebody even wrote him into um, attendance one night on the board meeting. <laughs> and he, the he's hearing notes. his name right now. So he's like, oh, oh I'm in the show. Me. This about me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Freda, tell us a little bit about um, kind of your main you know, message today in terms of the goals kind of getting derailed and um, how we get back on track. Okay. Um, well, you know, the first inclination I have is to talk about my career. So yeah, you know, I went to medical school and it wasn't easy and and things get tough along the way, but you stick with your goals. But that's not really what rings my bell at this point in my life. Um, I am, I primarily identify myself as an athlete. And so when I was listening to Ann Clark's podcast right at the turn of the year, it was really a timely podcast because it's, it's all about, you know, people set New Year's resolutions. And so if you haven't listened to Ann's podcast yet, I think it was entitled uh, Reverse Engineer Your Health Goals. Um, if you haven't listened to that yet, I highly recommend it. So there I was on my stationary bike at home, pedaling away, listening to Ann, and it just like, yeah, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And she offered some great tips. And one of the things that, um, one of the things that she mentioned was the percentage of people who get to the end of January and they've set, you know, very important new year's resolutions for themselves. And yet at the end of the month, they find out that they haven't met their goals and they have, you know, for lack of better term, they've failed. And, and none of us like to think of ourselves as a failure, but that's how it feels. If you set a goal and you're not able to achieve it, it, it just, it feels so bad. And, and people are setting really important goals. They want to lose weight. They want to quit smoking. Everybody keeps telling us, oh, we got to lose weight. We got to quit smoking. Um, and so she offered some really great pointers. And so I, I do encourage you to go back and listen to that again. And what yeah, I, I think it's episode 34, everyone. Okay, that's great. Episode 34. Um, so, you know, with her strategies, people are less likely to drop their goals. But let's face it, interruptions happen. And then sometimes there's just interruptions you just can't even imagine are going to happen. And, you know, what are we going to do? We have to pick ourselves back up. So that's what I wanted to talk about today, because I'm no stranger to interrupted <laughs> goals. Um, you know, myself personally, but also as a physician, especially as a rehab physician and, you know, in rehab, if you're not familiar with a specialty, you know, what we really, what we really do is we work with people who've had strokes and amputations and spinal cord injuries and brain injuries and just incredibly devastating interruptions in their life. And one of the basic tenets of rehab medicine is how to set a goal when you, you don't even know who you are anymore. You know, I can't move my legs and you're asking me to set a goal. Yeah. So, you know, rehab medicine is all about how to set short-term goals, how to set long-term goals and how to find the resources to, to do that. So, um, so yeah, I want to talk about what do you do when you fail? <laughs> and what was before we started recording this episode? Um, I just want to read the quote that you said before you said the essence of humanity is failure. 
and every single human fails. We all make mistakes. I mean, I make mistakes every single day and sometimes I shoot myself for it. And sometimes I'm like, eh, what the heck? But failure is how we become successful. And so that's why I think, you know, this episode is going to be so grand and so important because this is the way of life. Yeah, I mean, we are just a whole population of failures when you look at it in a certain way. It's, it's, it's terrible. But what do we do? You know, we, Manu's talking. Yeah, hi, Manu. Did you, did you have something to say? He wants to talk about failure too. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of my friends who's a very accomplished athlete, um, he, he was a, a, a bicycle racer. And he used to call all of his teammates, well, we're, we're all just a bunch of losers because, because there's this entire pack of bicycle racers and, and there's one winner and the rest of them are losers. And they used to refer to the, the second place, the, the silver medalist as the first loser. And, and it's, it's dreadful to think of it that way. And, and in fact, nowadays people get participation trophies and all sorts of things just for showing up, um, which has its place. Um, but but no matter how much we worship gold medalists and worship, um, I don't know, I guess lately it's, you know, Tom Brady or the Super Bowl winners and what have you, what we all have in common is that we try and we try and we try and try. And we have to fail again and again in order to achieve anything. In fact, there's a saying that the master has failed more times than the beginner has ever attempted. And so when we're trying something new, it's important to remember that this isn't gonna go well all the time. And to accept that is essential to getting to your goals. Yeah, and um, so that also kind of relates to you and when you talk about an athlete. So Freda is a gymnast and she is an incredible gymnast. And I, I kind of want to go into that story a little bit because I think it's so incredibly powerful because I think, um, you know, I think it relates to people um, setting limitations um, on themselves and because of what societal rules um, place on them. And then we think we can't do it when, you know, again, I mean, the sky isn't the limit. It's much bigger than that. So um, tell us a little bit about your history as an athlete and how you bumped along and how you set your goals and how they got derailed. Ah, well, okay, so we have to go back to high school now, and that is truly ancient history. And, and I'm not embarrassed about my age. I'm really not. Um, I'm 61, and so high school is a very distant memory. But there are certain parts of high school that really feel like yesterday with such incredible vivid memories. And, and trust me, it's not sitting in English class, and it was not taking a math exam that that bring out to me today is fond memories. It was it was being on the gymnastics team and I was very fortunate to be able to do that. And this was during the 70s. So we had our big Nadia Comaneci and Olga Corbett and our big heroes that we would hold up there as examples. And so um, you know, so there I was, just your just your basic high school gymnast doing high school gymnastics things, but big, 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 big dreams. Um, and that set my identity that along with some you know basic rules from my parents about how you have to work hard to get to your goals and some basic guidance from some very responsible coaches along the way 
and you know, it, it, so it set my identity. So even though I never achieved what someone might consider greatness in the sport, um, it, it set the basic principles for life. And those principles in gymnastics are, well, you need to be, you need to have balance. If you're going to be on the balance beam, you need to have strength. You need to have stamina. You need to have poise. You know, you need to have all these qualities that you can carry with you into every other aspect of your life, whether you know how to do a handstand or a somersault or not. Those are just basic qualities. And I mentioned that because a lot of people, when I talk to them about gymnastics, they're like, oh, I can't do anything. Um, you're so bendy. How can you do that? Well, most, most people really can't do gymnastics and that's okay. So this isn't necessarily a conversation today about gymnastics. That just happens to be what um, keeps me going. But the points I wanna make about the sport are those basic principles that help anyone to be a success in life. So if we're talking about literal balance on a balance beam, okay, well, it's important to not fall off and break your neck. That's good. But in life, you know, think about how much we have to literally have good balance, um, you know, for my rehab patients learning how to walk again, or conceptually in your life, when you look at how do you balance your priorities, for example. So to me, gymnastics is just a metaphor for life. And I I have to pursue it. It's a burning desire within me to pursue it. <laughs> Which is amazing, especially like all the videos. I mean, I wish I could even post some of the videos that you send me. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I cannot <laughs> believe you can do like the backflip, jumping, like churn thing. I'm just like, how on earth? Like I can't even do a handstand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and thank you for being such a good friend because there is a point in time at the end of a gym workout where you just have to you have to tell a friend. I mean, you know, like I'm not going to be standing on any podiums getting any gold medals these days, but you know, those little joys in life of celebrating your successes with your friends. I I don't think as a human race we do enough of that. We are so taught to be critical thinkers and we are so critical of ourselves and we can focus on, we could have a, a fabulous day where everything went well, but you know, maybe you, you know, made one mistake or you said some one thing that just didn't come out right or something you did or said rub someone the wrong way. And then you dwell on that. And then you go to bed at night and that's all you can think about is what you did wrong. Even though the other 99% of everything you did that day is great. We are such critical thinkers, us humans, and then there we are picking it apart. Um, but to be able to, you know, have somebody video your little gymnastic stunt and then text it off to your friend Anna and get a big congratulations. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> see, it's very rare to see that. So I think it's amazing. And yeah, we do need to celebrate ourselves. And I, I totally agree with Freda that we don't do enough of it. And we were taught, you know, to be humble, you know, don't be loud, especially as a woman. Um, um, you know, I think we do have to express ourselves and, and it's so inspiring to see that in terms of celebrating our, you know, next goal that we've achieved. And, uh, because we aren't going to get the awards like we did when we were in elementary school and middle school, you know? Um, so, and when we are self-critical and when we are negative towards ourselves, I think, you know, it is, 
a, a kind of a violent behavior towards our, you know, inner authentic self. And it, it can cause issues, um, not only health issues, but also emotional and mental issues. And, and we are primed for being negative, just like Freda said, but we also can be primed to be positive and to um, kind of bring forth more positivity in our lives if we really truly focus on that, just like we can achieve our goals and focus on them as well. Well said, absolutely. I think that what happens is we end up many times in our own personal prisons. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to call this podcast Goals Interrupted because I like the movie Girl Interrupted. And, and here was this perfectly fine young teenager of her time growing up in an affluent suburb in the late 60s. And her behavior was a little off. And she got put in a mental institution for two years. Now, what a metaphor. Um, here she is locked up. Um, even if she did want to set some life goals, um, what an interruption. You know, you, you just cannot set healthy, positive goals for yourself when you're locked up either in a mental institution or your own personal prison of, of self-criticism. Um, so, so one of the things about dealing with goals interrupted is making sure that we find a way to identify those, those short-term goals, those short-term goal wins that we, we achieve without even realizing it, and then finding ways to celebrate those. Super important. Yeah, and, and you know, when we're talking about the goals interrupted, um, you said something before we started the podcast recording in terms of the timing and alignment of goals. And I think this is huge because this happens to every single person who sets goals or who wants to, you know, like you mentioned, like quit smoking or quit drinking or whatever it is, you know, be the best gymnastic, you know, 61 year old um, in the world. I mean, you, you name it. Uh, <laughs> and I think- There's not very many of us. It's pretty- <laughs> <laughs> it's a small circle. <laughs> Maybe just Freda. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so I, I think your story, um, you know, the, the trauma you've gone through and, you know, the timing and alignment of things when you've set your goal is so important to hear for everyone. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. The first interruption that I had in my gymnastics career, which I kind of say with a little irony in my voice, because, it, you know, in the late 70s, there was really no such thing as a gymnastics career, unless you're a gold medalist and you figure out how to leverage that. Um, you know, gymnasts historically are amateur athletes. And back then there were no sponsorships. So I remember having a conversation with my parents and, you know, it was one of those 16 year old conversations around along the lines of what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, and I stated very boldly, I want to be a gymnast. And they just looked at me like, what in the heck is wrong with you? What have we done? Um, and, and they, they basically let me know that that really just was not acceptable. And, and rightly so, there was really nowhere I was going to go with that dream. Um, so I defiantly went on to do some gymnastics in college. And when I got out of college, it was a, a rude awakening when I tried to join a gym as an adult. And they said, I couldn't. 
And I was like, what? I mean, you know, up until that point in life, I had been very blessed in many ways and whatever I wanted to do, I would find a way to do it. And in to reach a point at the tender young age of 22, where I was told that I just, I couldn't, there was a hard stop there. Gyms didn't have insurance to cover adults. Um, coaches were not comfortable coaching full-sized bodies. Um, and it just, it, it was a no can do. So then I thought, well, I guess I'll become a runner. I guess I'll take dance classes. I guess I'll, I'll do something else. So I tucked away my gymnastics dream and it went into, I thought it was dead for a long time. It just kind of went into hibernation. So I got to age 22 and I got this hard stop. No, you cannot do gymnastics anymore. And so at that point in time, given my own personal resources, and, and that's not, I don't just mean the resource of having a gym to go to, but I mean the resource of, I did not have the wherewithal, I did not have the wherewithal in, within me at that time to, to say, let me talk to your manager, let me talk to the gym owner, here's how I can do this, here's why I'm safe, why don't I start coaching, and if I'm coaching, I can have some gym time. I did not know... Hi, Manu. <laughs> I didn't know how to do that. Nowadays, I would do that. But when I was 22, I didn't know how to do that. Well, you were 22. Who knew how to do right. that at age 22? Right. <laughs> I, I want tw yeah, I'd like some 22-year-olds to listen to this podcast and, and learn, hey, I could stand up for myself. I didn't know how to do it at that point in time. So the timing for me to pursue gymnastics was not right at that time, but the, the time came back to me and that's, that's the important thing. So timing and alignment of goals is really key. And so sometimes, you know, if you go back to what Anne had said about a certain number of people will drop their goals at the end of the first month, um, maybe, maybe it's not the right goal. Maybe it's not the right time. And so going back and, and if it's, if it's important enough, if the, the desire is there, you just go back and you go back and you go back and you say, okay, is this really an important goal to me? Is this really who I am? Or is this just what society is telling me? Yeah, uh, that's a huge thing to ask for yourself because sometimes, you know, in your case, it's a little bit different, but for other people, sometimes the derailment or the goal being interrupted itself is really a message. Um, to maybe go down a different path and maybe you kind of have to listen to your heart, your spirit, um, that inner voice, your higher self, um, to kind of take you where you really want to go, um, instead of what other people want of you or what, or if you're trying to impress, you know, society, for example. Um, and so, you know, with your story, um, being interrupted at age 22 and that wasn't the right timing, but now, I mean, if you're looking at yourself, I mean, this is incredible. And maybe this was totally meant to be because you are doing just, I mean, it's unheard of, you know, I, I, what you're doing at your age and, and what I've seen on all the videos, the gymnastic videos that you're sending me, I am just so like, how, I mean, this, this, this motivates me in terms of my body, in terms of what I can do, um, when I'm older. And so I think this is important for everyone to hear. So tell me a little bit about like, okay, so you maybe what at age 57, you got back into gymnastics and then what happened? 
Well, I am very blessed to have a number of angels in my life. And so I need to call them out right now. Um, and some of them I don't even know, but there's a local gym that opened on Wednesday nights for adults, just free open gym, no particular coaching. You can just go and play. And I don't even remember who it was who alerted me to that. And I swear to God, there's just angels that come into your life. And so I was at work one day, you know, just being a doctor. And I heard somehow that this gym was open and I thought, oh, I need to go. That was my, my knee jerk. That was my reflex. I need to go to the gym. I mean, that was the 16 year old saying, gym time. I got to go play. (laughs) And then, then the adult kicked in and I went, oh my God you're 57. You can't go to the gym. You're not a gymnast anymore. You haven't done gymnastics in 35 years. That's ridiculous. You're going to get hurt. And so this this adult voice kicks in with, don't do it. It's not safe. And then the, the adolescent voice kicks in with, you're an embarrassment. You're going to look stupid. And the, the next angel that pops in my life is my boyfriend who he just sees no limits. He encourages me to do everything. And he's like, well, he's like, well, yeah, we're going to go to the gym. I'm like, what? You're going to go with me? You're not a gymnast. You can't go to the gymnastics gym. And, and so, Good job, Eric. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. So we go to the gym and the adult gymnastics gym is filled with 20 somethings because in gymnastics after you leave collegiate sport and um you don't necessarily have a career path you become instantly old and so here's a bunch of you know local graduate students graduate students of the local college what have you and they're they're doing some pretty amazing things and i felt like such a fish out of water so i'm looking around i'm like isn't there one other old person here good god and so sure enough, there's one other person about my age there and it's the coach. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, so he'll get it. Um, so I'm thinking, oh, that's good. That's good. There's a, there's an older person here and it's the coach. Well, it gets worse. He's former national team Ukrainian gymnast. And I'm thinking, oh man, <laughs> that's, that's terrible. I, I can't even, I can't do anything. And now I've got this this amazing gymnast as a coach, but I, it's actually kind of funny because when I was a teenager and I was a big fan of the Romanian team and the Soviet team. And I thought, well, if I really want to be great, I want to have a Soviet coach, which, you know, my parents, they really knew I was crazy at that point because they understood a lot more about the Soviet Union than I did. And they thought, okay, our daughter now wants to go (laughs) and get a Soviet coach. And so I think the funny part here is that, you know, I had hopes and dreams and, and goals. And I said my prayers and, you know, it took 40 years, but I finally got a Ukrainian coach. Yeah. Meant to be. I'm telling you at age 57, it was meant to be. (laughs) And and so here's another angel in my life. So he has the very responsible, wise coaching advice of try this, don't do that. I'll spot you good spotting, good guidance. And so it got me on my way. And then the next amazing and miraculous thing that happens is Somehow I hear about an adult gymnastics camp. Ah! 
and it happens to be in New Hampshire where I live. Now, I mean, are the stars lining up here or not? Yeah. I mean, here's the star. I mean, you got to take Well, I think the universe aligns itself to fit the true desires of your spirit. And so, I mean, this is what's working here. Yeah. And absolutely, the stars are lining up. And I think that in life, stars line up a lot of times and we aren't paying attention. And I think probably earlier in my life, there were times when these stars lined up and I was so busy criticizing myself or, you know, just going to work and thinking of life as drudgery that I wasn't willing to pay attention or listening to the negative messages The negative messages like 57 year olds should not do gymnastics. It's not safe. We have to be safe. So, so here I was, um, paying attention because this is my life's true desire. And now there's a, an adult gymnastics camp right in New Hampshire, two hour drive away. And I go and lo and behold, there's a gym filled with older people. <laughs> and, and it just helped me to really see and feel now this is possible. Yeah. This is possible. Now I can really start setting some goals. Good. And then you set the goals to be an amazing gymnast at your age. And then what happened? Well, my goals got interrupted. <laughs> that's life. <laughs> Very interrupted. A big interruption. Huge so interruption. Yeah, um, a couple of years ago, and, and this is very pertinent because Anna and I were working together on a big project and I was out riding my horse because that's, you know, another unsafe thing I do at my age. And I was out riding my horse and he just has dreams of being a rodeo pony. So he was bucking and kicking and we were out in the woods and I got thrown off onto a rocky trail and broke a bunch of bones. And um yeah, I got taken into the emergency room. And <laughs> one of the first things I thought of was, I got to call Anna. Oh my gosh. I was like, Freda. And she was calling about work. She was like, Anna, can you take care of this call and this phone call and this meeting? And, and I'm just like, Freda, aren't you in the emergency room and in a severe trauma incident? And yeah, let's not focus on work. <laughs> It helped calm me, you know, <laughs> it's what doctors do. It is what doctors do. With emergencies. Such we, idiots. You know, okay. It's a little weird. Um, and so this is the next angel that flies into my life. And <laughs> for the next few months, there I am lying around um, in a hospital bed that's parked in the middle of my living room. And I'm getting the most wonderful texts and messages and gifts from Anna. And it was it was a transcendent period in my life because I could do nothing but sit around and allow people to wait on me and focus on what is really the most important thing in my life. And, and it's, it was really personally moving for me because after an entire career of you know, supposedly, I hope, I hope helping rehab patients find their path, you know, helping a quadriplegic find meaning in life, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's so humbling to then be in the position of being the patient. And, and what I had pales in comparison to severe trauma, everything I had 
had the potential to heal. And I knew that. And so I was entirely blessed in that position. And, and those blessings were not missed. I, I spent every day exercising a gratitude practice. Thank God I didn't break my neck. Thank God this bone is going to heal, blah, blah, blah. And um, it was just such a rich time in my life to refocus on my goals. And what happened was this incredible fire inside of me was lit because my biological clock was ticking. And this is not the old, oh my God, if I don't get pregnant now, I'm never going to be a mom. This was, I'm now 59 years old. And if I don't do gymnastics now, I'm going to get to be really old and this is just not going to be possible. So I, I better get a move on here. So um, my exercises started literally with um, biceps curls with a four ounce can of tuna. Oh yeah. I remember you telling me this. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Because it's funny. I mean, I just kept finding humor in this stuff. Like, okay, look, hey, Anna, this is so pathetic. You won't believe this. I'm lifting a four ounce can of tuna. <laughs> well, I think it's super cool because um, it was almost like, you know, that incident that happened, that trauma, like totally, yeah, totally lit that fire and like made you even want to do it even more, that goal. That goal in your heart made you even want to pursue it even more, just like you had to do it. Absolutely. Um, it just, it just lit that fire and um, it was a now or never thing. It's like, if I don't mm -hmm. do this now and, and of course, you know, take now with a grain of salt because I was, you know, lifting tuna cans. Um, but I also am very fortunate to have all the basic principles of rehab medicine tucked away in my brain. And so I knew that, okay, I'm going to do a handstand again. And if I'm non-weight bearing for six months, as I was advised to be, then I am going to have a really beautiful, strong, well-shaped handstand in a year. And so, you know, being able to exercise my rehab principles and set appropriate goals for, you know, what I was facing but also with that internal sense of urgency, like I, I have to do this. And, you know, and, and then also being off of work, because I was off of work for a while, I started thinking, well, you know, work is very important in my career. It's important to pay the bills, blah, blah, blah. But in a way, this is actually more important to who I am. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think I'm discovering that in a, in a way as well um, with my true feelings and desires and goals inside me and how different situations, how, you know, different life interruptions have occurred to kind of set me on that right path and help me reflect a little bit more on what like this spirit, um, this person inside me really, really wants and is really meant to do. So I, I think your story is just so incredibly powerful because it really speaks to that and resonates with so many people on so many different levels to kind of get back to who they are and to connect um, with um, the person that they've always wanted to be. Absolutely. Because this is really not about gymnastics. This is not about whether you can do a handstand or not. This is about what is the most meaningful thing to you and how you can eliminate the barriers, the naysayers, the criticisms, what have you. If it really is the most burning desire you can find within yourself, 
then find a way to just continue to nurture that fire in in a way that's healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's I I think that's so important, and that's why you know in some of my you know my members club and some of the challenges that I've done, it's it's just staying inspired. Um, it's constantly staying inspired and motivated and encouraged and whatever way you can do that. And I think, you know, Freda, you're going to go into that. Um, but before we do, I, I do want to get back to your story because there's one more aspect of your story <laughs> that uh, we have to finish before we get into um, going into how we achieve our goals. Cause you do have, what is it? Eight steps, I think. Um, yeah. Eight, eight different pointers. Eight different. Yeah, they, yes. They build uh, off of Anne's pointers. So yeah. 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 But before we get into that, can you <laughs> tell us like, okay, so you got over your, um, your trauma, um, in a way, and then, um, <laughs> tell me what happened. What else got interrupted? Yes. So, so really, truly, you know, um, about six months later, I started working on weight bearing. I got my nicely shaped strong handstand back. I actually even got on my horse again. It was a year to the date. Um, I rode my horse again. And um, that was like a massive act of courage. And it's, I, I, again, I mean, there were so many lessons in this trauma. It was ridiculous. Um, it, it wasn't the physical abilities that were the hardest. It was the courage that was the hardest. But mm -hmm. I felt like, well, if I don't exercise that courage, then who am I? So, so about a year later, I'm back on my horse. Um, as much as, you know, plenty of people told me you shouldn't do that, but, um, I was a little defiant, not recklessly defiant, but very cautiously defiant. Um, and so then I found a, another gym because the, the gym I mentioned earlier only had open practice with a coach available, but I wanted at this point now I'm, <laughs> I'm approaching 60 <laughs> and there's something about that number. It's terrifying. It's like, Oh my God, I've got to do this now. I need a private coach. So I went to a different gym. And so here's another angel flying into my life. Um, I found this amazing private coach who was willing to take on an old lady. She's never done this before, but she never references my age. She believes that I'm just capable of things. And I love that about her. So I started um, having half an hour a week lessons with Kat. And when I came to Kat, you know, I just said, well, I want to be able to do this and this. And, and she guided me through the foundations and the basics to make sure I'm safe in what I do. And so we've got this fabulous relationship we're establishing and then the pandemic hit and the gyms <laughs> shut down I'm like damn it <laughs> this just isn't right so I had to go for a solid oh gosh it was a solid five months before I got to see her again and so I you know I complained and I whined a little bit at home and lo and behold, the boyfriend who thinks I can do anything, he just, he bought me a bar. He bought me a beam. He bought me a mat. And so we turned the gym. I mean, it's a pandemic. It's not like we're going to be entertaining people in our living room. So our living room is now a gym. And I started doing as much strengthening and stretching and conditioning as I could at home so that I could be super duper awesome when I got back to the gym. So I got back to the gym. Um, they were able to open up for privates back in September. And 
<laughs> um, throughout that time, I have to say, I have to take a step back. One of my resources that I had during the pandemic were friends that I made at camp. Um, and there's, there's a few of us, um, a, a gal out in Washington who's six months older than me. I hate that because I don't get to say I'm the oldest one. So I, I hate it that she's six months older than me, but we're, we're <laughs> great friends. And then another gal who's, um, we, we think she's kind of a baby because she's only 53 and she's competing at a pretty high level. And so these two, we have just texted each other almost daily throughout the whole pandemic, you know, celebrating each other's successes, you know, lamenting with one another and complaining about the pandemic. And it's just been a huge support. But from them, I learned about how possible it is to actually compete as an adult. So I go back to the gym. I've got private lessons with Kat now. And I say, hey, you know, there's this competition in Kansas City in December, and I really want to enter it. And, <laughs> and um, she didn't laugh at me. <laughs> she went just straight on into coaching Freda mode. And with some interesting, some interesting coaching that I didn't necessarily expect. And that was this, um, I wanted to compete all around. And, and in my mind, if I didn't compete all around means all four events. So I'm going to do vault, bars, beam and floor. And in my teenage mind, if I did not compete all around, I failed. I have to compete all around. I always did. Um, that was my great hallmark is that I, I could do everything and I, I have to be able to do everything, which is just silly. You can't do everything. So the part about Kat's coaching that was really humbling, and this was very hard for me to take, is that she wanted me to compete at the very lowest level available, even though I had some skills that would have put me into a higher competition level. And I said, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want compete at the XL bronze level. <laughs> In fact, when I would go to YouTube and try to learn the moves, I would see six-year-olds demonstrating these moves. I'm like, no, I, that's so basic. I want to do harder things. She says, I want you to get really good scores. Um, and what, aside from scores, what she really wanted me to do is she wanted me to lay a foundation of success so that I could build on that foundation in a very healthy way. And so she is wise beyond her years. She coached me in really a few short sessions and lo and behold, I was on a plane with a mask on to Kansas City in December and I competed at XL bronze level. And, you know, and I set these goals for myself. So one of my goals was I'm gonna get on the beam and no matter how basic this routine looks, I am not going to fall off. I'm going to stay on that beam, no matter what, I'm standing on that beam. And indeed I did my routine and I didn't fall off. And so I was able to accomplish um, my competition in December. Yeah, and didn't you get first place or? Oh, I was the only one in my division. Oh, you're the only one in your division. Okay, yeah, so I told you, Freda is the only one. Okay, perfect. <laughs> But hey, that is amazing. And you were first. I don't care if no one was competing against you. You were competing against yourself, which is the person that you only should compete against. I think I must have sent you that picture of me being the only person standing on the podium. So I do remember. I won. Um, I won. It, no, Freda, it's amazing. Um, so 
that story is just so cool to hear, especially from someone who is an amazing doctor who is, you know, reached a pinnacle in her career as, you know, president of the American Academy of Medical Acupuncture, which is no small feat. And to have this, to really pursue your true desire that really resonates with you really just speaks volumes about your character. And it's really hard for people to do that. And you're right, it does take courage. And even though, you know, you still have fear about doing it, um, courage is not the absence of fear. Um, it's just doing it anyway. And, um, it, and it's really hard for people to speak their truth and to pursue their truth. And I am just, I just so value you because of that. Um, and I think you have a lot to say in this podcast and episode, and I do want to get into um, your eight tips that I think is just really, really amazing at outlining how we truly achieve our goals, because it's something that I use myself. And I think um, a lot of listeners could um, pull that into their lives. Yeah, you know, while we're talking, I realized I have two more tips. So now I have 10. 10 tips. I love it. 10 <laughs> tips is way better than eight. Okay. Let's we already talked about them. So, so the celebrating yourself, ourselves. Um, I, when I put together my list of eight tips, I hadn't even thought of that. But as we're talking, and this is the thing about talking with Anna, you know, like when you're talking with somebody that's really brilliant and inspirational, just great ideas pop up. So, so I, as we're talking, I realized, well, this celebrating ourselves is so important and we just don't do it enough. So that's tip number one. And then the other thing that I've realized as we were talking that is just a big giant tip. And that is we, as we set goals and as we achieve goals, we're not alone. Goodness, we're not alone. And there are so many people and things and circumstances for which we can feel grateful that gratitude is a gigantic tip. So it. those are my, those are my two add-ons. Okay, good. No, that's exactly what I need to work on too every single day. <laughs> okay. Adding it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the, but the first tip that I had actually mentioned earlier was desire and we did talk about it, but I want to give Anne a lot of credit and she, she talked about how important it is for us to explore how you truly want to feel. Um, and so thinking about these interruptions that come into our lives, they're just reminders to think about how we really truly want to feel. Do we really want this or not? Because because if a little tiny interruption comes into play and you drop it, well, maybe it's not what you really, really want. Um, as a physician, I've counseled plenty of patients about, well, giving up smoking. That's, that's kind of an easy one to think about. And sometimes we get talking about it and I find out, well, it doesn't matter how much I think they should give up smoking and how much they know they should give up smoking. They don't really want to right now. It's not the right time. It's not perfectly aligned with what they want to do. Maybe they just gave up drinking. And so smoking really isn't a big deal. And until they get comfortable with their sobriety, they're going to smoke for a while and that's fine. So, um, thinking about what, how badly do you really want this goal? Do you want this goal with every morsel of your being? Or are you getting derailed by naysayers around you or society around you that's telling you 
that this isn't what you should be doing or it's not safe or some such thing. And I'll go back to the sobriety topic. You know, how many people say, well, you know, I need to cut back on my drinking. And then they go to a party and then there's all sorts of people that are encouraging them to drink. Well, maybe that's a social thing to do, but maybe some of those people around them, maybe they're a little jealous. Maybe you achieving that goal makes them look in the mirror and they're not feeling good about themselves. So they kind of want to drag you down into their little rut. Um, and even people we love and people who love us do that sort of thing unintentionally and unconsciously. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I even doing this wellness members club, you know, which is just a huge passion of mine. I mean, it's been a passion for like two decades, I think. And um, I remember, I think one of my colleagues who's a physician as well was like, do you really want to do women's wellness the rest of your life? And I'm just, I'm just like, well, if I've had this passion for two decades and I am like working, you know, 24 seven, not having any weekends or nights, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing about deciding if this is your life's calling or if this is your authentic self or your, your desire is, is really how much are you willing to suffer for it? Yeah. And there is a fair amount of suffering. And I don't mean the way POWs and refugees suffer. And I don't mean to diminish their experiences by putting that on the same plane, but there is a certain amount of suffering, like just a small example. The other night we had a wonderful dinner and oh my gosh, my sweet tooth just decided to kick in. And I start, I was standing in front of the pantry looking for anything sweet I could stuff my face with, even though I was already full, it was just perfectly fine. And I'm just, I'm thinking, well, there's a bag of chocolate chips I can eat. And I knew there was some ice cream in the freezer. And so to deny myself those sweets, it's not really suffering. I mean, <laughs> let's be, let's be but, but I had to have this internal conversation with myself. It's like, okay, I really like where my body weight is right now. I like um, that I'm healthy. I don't want to trigger inflammation. I, I don't even want to be that person who gave in. Mm -hmm. And so I had this big conversation with myself and for once in my life, the wise, mature, healthy woman won and I closed the pantry door and I went and I brushed my teeth vigorously because when my teeth are clean, then I'm less likely to eat sweets again. And, and I mean, it was just like, and, and I could go through that little battle every single night. And I know that when, when people are really, you know, really troubled with trying to lose weight, that it really feels like suffering. So yeah, I say, well, how much are you willing to suffer for your goals? Because goals are hard. And I'll go back to the gymnastics thing. Everybody loves the gold medalist on the podium every four years and they're so pretty and they're so amazing. They're so wonderful. But do you look at the hours and hours and hours and daily hours of hard, painful work that goes into achieving that goal? Yeah. Most yeah, that <laughs> you, you don't see. That any, any achievement really. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you there. Um, and it, yeah, there is moments of suffering of discomfort. Um, but ultimately, you know, that's just part of the journey and it's part of any journey, honestly. I mean, even if you're not pursuing your goals, it's going to be a part of your journey, no matter what. Um, even if you're not pursuing a specific yeah. goal, there is going to be life. some amount of suffering life, uh, life, life interrupted. <laughs> 
Life is suffering. And, and I look at it this way. If life is suffering, you might as well set really high goals and suffer for your goals. And yeah, so exactly. I love that. Oh, perfect. Okay. So uh, our next tip. Next tip is be persistent um, because that end result might be very glamorous. Um, you, you really, you really can fit into those skinny jeans again. Um, you know, go, you can, really can get up and down the stairs without getting short of breath. Um, but there's a ton of hard, hard work and it's daily. It's just a daily grind. So, you know, I don't really love doing planks and push-ups. I really, you know, and when I'm doing them, I'm like, oh gosh, how many, how many more do I have to do? Um, so it's that daily grind. Sometimes it's even less than daily. It's hourly, you know, you're at work and you're exhausted and you have so many other things you want to do, but you want to achieve your career goals. You got to keep showing up. And so um, just persistence. Exactly. Yeah. And that's part of the suffering too, in a way, um, the discomfort. Uh, Okay. Next one. There will always be people who tell you, you can't. So you, you just have to be defiant. And I mentioned a few acts of defiance in my my little story. <laughs> and, and I don't recommend reckless defiance. Um, I actually recommend positive goals. And by positive goals, I mean, identify what you can do. So for example, I, I'm going to do this beam routine. My goal really truly was I'm going to stay on the beam, which is different from I'm not going to fall off the beam. Okay. If I say I'm not going to fall off the beam, all I can think about is falling off the beam. So if I say I'm going to stay on the beam, then I'm more likely to stay on the beam. And so you can apply that to just about any goal in your life. Um, And so when I say defiant, it's not about um, what you're not going to be. Um, It's really about questioning the messages that we're given in our life. Um, You know, because I was told I was 21, I was 22 and, and no, you can't do this. And I, and I wish I'd had the wherewithal at that age to, you know, to question that. Well, I didn't, it it took me a while. (laughs) Yeah. We, we need to do some learning around that time for sure. But now we know, and like, (laughs) we might not have ever done this at this age if that didn't happen. So, you know. And when we look at some of the people that we really honor in our society, whether they're great athletes or or great physicians or great researchers or whatever they are, great people have had plenty of speed bumps in their road. (laughs) They've had plenty. And in, in faced with those barriers, they've had to say, no, I'm going to get over these. I'm going to get beyond these. I'm not going to listen to the majority of the world telling me that this isn't what I should be doing. So there's a certain amount of, I call it positive defiance. (laughs) Yeah. And then I think that's where your next tip comes in too, because, you know, when you say get a friend, I mean, you're going to be getting a friend that's going to be the yeah, get the right friends. Get the right friends. So yeah, my next tip is get a friend. And this is this is very exactly what Anne said. Anne said, build your social support. Um, and and really build it and nurture it like a garden. Pull out the weeds, make sure it's watered properly and it gets enough warmth and sun. Build your, you know, take care of your garden. And so, you know, I've been just tremendously blessed. I have this boyfriend who really he he bought me a balance beam for heaven's sake. Um, you know, and 
somehow, and I didn't really put any thought into this at all, but somehow I'm blessed with this intuition that when I'm in the ER and I'm really hurting a lot, that Anna was the right person to call, that she was going to have the right life for <laughs> it's like wow that was the stroke of brilliance there it was awesome um or you know through the pandemic i'm texting sherry and Lori every single day with you know some of the silliest things you can imagine um in fact i got a quick 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 one a quick story last night last night i got a text from sherry she's on the bars and she got a rip. And for those of you who haven't done gymnastics, if you do uneven parallel bars and you're gripping the bar really hard and you don't have hand protectors on, you know, you rip the skin and it bleeds. And so, so, <laughs> so she texted us yesterday, I got a rip. And so what did we do? We congratulated her. <laughs> Because, you know, that's one of those things. It's ridiculously painful, but my gosh, it's a, it's her medal of honor. She works hard. She gripped that bar hard and she got something to prove for it. But a real friend won't, won't say, oh gosh, Lori, or gosh, Sherry, you, you just got hurt. You shouldn't do that. That's not safe. I'm so right. sorry. We congratulated her because we know that she is experienced enough and she's wise enough to take care of herself let it heal and then get back on there do it yeah again. so friends aren't always who you think are your friends necessarily it may not be your your best friend from grade school it's people who can respect your goals and who can help you to align with your goals and so so reach reach out and and find new people people who don't necessarily expect. I've had people in my life support my gymnastics goals who don't know anything about gymnastics, but they know about goals. They know about respect. They know about health. They know about achievement. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. And for people also to, you know, keep reaching out and despite rejection, because rejection is important because, you know, that's never the path to go down on that friend probably wasn't supposed to be your friend anyway. And so I think the universe, <laughs> God is just kind of, uh, you know, guiding you in the right direction to a better friend, to a friend that actually is going to support you. Okay. What's our next tip? Next one is priorities. So I encourage everybody to re-examine your priorities on a daily basis because they change and unexpected things come up routinely. So, you know, let's say you need to go to work. Obviously you need to get to work, but your child is having a crisis. So you got to redesign your day around that or your marriage is in trouble. And so maybe your sports goal takes a back seat while you work on your relationship. Um, and so things get interrupted every day and you have to redesign your goals. I mean, this whole year of pandemic, oh my gosh, if we ever had to redesign things and, and look at our priorities, maybe it's more important to stay home right now. And maybe it's more important to figure out how to do online stuff now than what we thought we were going to be doing in 2020 or 2021. Um, and that's where your next tip comes in, in terms of flexibility. Oh, this is my favorite one because... Um, Honestly, I got into gymnastics because flexibility really came easily to me. So I was bendy girl and people said, you know, you should probably be a gymnast because you're just like doing things. And, and so it, it wasn't natural for me, but then once you get into it and you take it to the next level, you just have to keep working on it. And so flexibility is something that 
it gets better the more you work on it. Yeah, fine tune, adapt, um, uh, depending upon the life situation that's occurring with that you have to redesign your priorities, absolutely. Yeah, so the thing about flexibility is that the mind and the body are so very, very connected that when you are more physically flexible, you will probably become more mentally and emotionally flexible and vice versa. And, and not that everybody wants to do a backbend because, you know, you really don't need to do bridges and backbends. It's okay. Um, I just happen to feel normal when I do them. So, and that's great, but it took me a long time to get them back. Um, another, there's something about flexibility that a lot of people don't realize, and that is to be successfully flexible, you have to be strong. So I will use the backbend or the bridge as an example um, to do a, a good backbend. And I, I call them backbends, but um, you have to have really good hip extension. You have to have really good shoulder extension. And it's not all having a bendy spine. It's like your whole body works into it, okay? So in order to do it and to do it in a healthy way, I now need to have a very strong core and very strong arms and legs to hold me up into that back bend in a safe and healthy way. So the metaphor here is, you know, it's good to be flexible in life, but you know, if you're so flexible that you bend and twist in every different direction without the strength of your integrity and the strength of your convictions, then you'll get hurt. And so every bit of flexibility that you need in life has to be shored up by strength and they both need daily tending. Yeah, and flexibility is definitely needed for personal growth, um, both mind and body. So I totally agree and I love that one. That is my favorite one as well. We have two more and the next one is actually my favorite one. Okay, visualization. And again, I'm just bouncing off what Anne already encouraged everyone to explore okay. how they truly want to feel. But what I want you to do is explore this in exquisite detail. And this is a real basic in sports. So let's say I want to do an uneven parallel bar routine. I don't just visualize myself standing on the podium getting a gold medal. That was what I did as a teenager. That didn't work out that well. And so I got pretty good, but not as great as I could have gotten. If I had known enough to visualize every single moment from the moment I salute the judge to the my, to my mount, every connecting move, every part of my body, my knees are straight, my toes are pointed, where my head is looking, every single part of that routine right down to the dismount and then stick my landing and then turn and salute the judge and walk off without tripping and falling, which is just, it happens. So visualize in exquisite detail, every minute bit of what you want to achieve and how it feels and how it looks. And you're more likely to achieve it. This is a basic in sport. And I think this basic in sport really needs to translate to Every other goal we have in our life, you know, what does it really feel like and look like to have a healthy relationship? How does it feel and look and how do I act when I'm attending to my dietary um, goals? You know, and, yeah, and I think that's um, this 
mostly has, I mean, it's mostly been studied in sports, a lot of this like hypnosis, this creative visualization technique, and it's actually been shown to work. And it actually does change the outcomes when you're doing um, um, an athletic competition, for example. Um, but it relates to our goals, it relates to real life. And it also sets us up for the next um, tip that Freda is going to talk about in terms of um, an action step. So the last tip I'm going to mention is organization. And again, Anne mentioned this one, you know, getting a journal or a planner and writing down your goals. Absolutely. Write down your goals and reinforce them, you know, either on a written journal of recording, however, whatever works for you, find a method that fits for you. And by writing it down in some form, it makes you commit by telling your friend by telling your sponsor it makes you commit um but in addition i'm going to offer one little tip that goes along with this and that is to set 21 day goals um this has worked for me i learned it from a coach um and 21 day goals are interesting because the human condition is such that we get a little bored pretty easily. And so if you even set a month long goal, by the time you get to the end of the month, you know, your goal may be getting a little stale. You've had too many interruptions. You've had too many things that tell you that that wasn't quite the right goal. I need to recraft it a little bit. So if you go down to your, your journal, your writing, and you say at 21 days, you get, okay, is this still exactly the goal that I want? Do I need to just refine a few of my details to make sure it's still aligned with what I desire and where I want to be. And the other thing for women in a 21-day cycle, it's not a 28-day cycle. So for anybody who's menstruating is familiar with the ups and downs of ovulation and menstruating, oh my gosh, the moods might be all over the place. If you break into that with a 21-day cycle, you catch yourself at different phases in different moods, in different perspectives, and you recraft your goals, honoring and respecting every little part of who you are throughout a month-long cycle. I love that. And I, I totally relate to that. And I think it's so incredibly true because I think our woman cycle, our menstrual cycle can relate to our ability to accomplish and achieve. And I think we have to listen to the season of our um, own, you know, bodily functions as a woman. And um, that 21 day cycle just totally rings true. Um, I'm so excited. I think there's plenty of books written about it. Um, it's kind of a thing right now. It's a very popular um, discussion among us women in terms of relating our menstrual cycle to our achievements, accomplishments, and goals. And, um, and how, while we're on our menstrual period, that's our rest, relax, reflect, kind of our reflection time. Um, and so I, I just think that resonates true even with, um, with physical activity as well. It's time to kind of rest and relax during that time and take that little, you know, five, seven days, however long it is to replenish ourselves as a woman. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Love it. Rest and replenish. Yeah, there's more tips. The tips just keep rest and replenish. What is that? The uh, 11th tip? The the 11th. Oh, I love it. Okay, I, we can do that. Rest and replenish. Um, well, Freda, um, as we're wrapping up, um, this was an incredible episode. I'm I'm so excited about what we talked about because I think, you know, this is something that I've been working on myself um, 
And I think that a lot of women need to know that we are more powerful and that we can create more than we ever thought possible. And it's really just about connecting with our true desires, our true feelings, which is just our true inner authentic self. And that's the whole purpose of this, um, this podcast. That's the whole purpose of the Health is Power Wellness Members Club um, that I lead. And um, thank you for everything today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I feel really, really honored to be a part of this. The work you're doing is so meaningful and it's just, it's great to be a part of it. I appreciate that. Thanks, Freda. Okay. So, um, Freda, you, if anybody like wants to reach out, um, hopefully not to bombard you or anything, but uh, you said email might be the best. It actually is the best. I'm pretty obsessive and compulsive about my emails. So um, feel free to email me at fdreher, it's F-D-R-E-H-E-R at comcast.net. Okay, great. You can Perfect. post it if you want to. I'm yeah, she, she does respond to emails very much so, but she is busy on certain uh, <laughs> weeks of the year because she does all the activities with the um, Helms Medical Acupuncture Institute and it's pretty intense. The school is incredible. So if you ever are thinking <laughs> about becoming a medical acupuncturist, I think you should do it, especially if you're a physician out there, um, go to Helms Medical Acupuncture and check it out. Okay. Yeah, we have so much fun. We, it's fun. Do it. Uh, Oh, it's amazing that the school changed my life. I mean, it changed just like my thoughts as a, as a physician, my mission as a physician. Um, it was just so inspiring. I mean, it was hard work for sure. Working at the same time as going back to school, but, um, uh, it's, it was definitely worth it. And, uh, my patients are just so thankful for it because most of the time I just do acupuncture all day long. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> oh, you helped so many people. That's awesome. All right, um, everyone, we will see you next week. And um, we will also let you know about our uh, hypnosis recordings, um, kind of what we really went over today about um, manifesting our goals, also building our support system and really identifying those goals as well. So you can check that out on www.healthispower.com and sign up for the email list to get your hypnosis recordings. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs>